It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 213. Uh, we're a podcast that looks at news and views from across the world, arts and culture and so many different things, all from a Christian perspective, but open to everybody. I'll tell you, our theme this week is going to come from this song. When I was young, it seemed that life was so That is The Logical Song by Supertramp, and in case you missed the, the lyrics, it's something where sometimes you get people looking back. When I was young, it seemed that life was so wonderful, beautiful, magical, and so on. They taught me how to be sensible, logical, practical, and he talks about then about being cynical and intellectual. And it's kind of an anti-logic song. There are times when all the world's asleep, the questions run too deep for such a simple man. Won't you please, please tell me what we've learned? I know it sounds absurd. Please tell me who I am. I said, now watch what you say. They'll be calling you a radical. Well, that's what we're with. We're going to look at how the world is fundamentally illogical and how there is an answer to that. The, the, the fact of the world being illogical is not a good thing. It means it doesn't make sense. It means that there is just chaos and I think we're descending more and more into an illogical world. Uh, you'll find the Bible has a very interesting perspective on this because it talks about the world being chaos uh, and then God bringing order into that and creating this beautiful world that we still have. So the illogicality of the world. Well, is there anything more illogical than war? Today marks six months since Russian forces invaded Ukraine, coinciding with the anniversary of Ukraine's 1991 independence from Soviet rule. The city of Kiev has banned public gatherings until Thursday, fearing that Independence Day celebrations could become targets for Russian attacks. Dozens of international leaders stood in solidarity with Ukraine by virtually attending the so-called Crimea platform, where Zelensky revealed Ukraine will liberate and gain control of Russia annexed Crimea. 
We will take back Crimea. It is our territory. We will do this in any which way we decide, and we will decide this by ourselves, without consultation with any other country in the world. Now, war is destructive, war is illogical, war doesn't make sense. I, I don't think we can exult in war. I think even in this past week, a couple of news items. One was the death of Alexander Dugan's daughter. Now, Alexander Dugan is a Russian intellectual, an ideologue, perceived to be the driving ideological force behind Putin. It seems as though there was a Ukrainian attack on him, which ended up killing his daughter. I think it depresses me, the level of exaltation that people say, oh, well, that's fine. She's a journalist. If the Russians were killing Ukrainian journalists, and they probably are, there would be rightly uproar. Yeah, it's okay when we, when we do it, as, as the perspective often is. And then another sad aspect of this, I was quite surprised to read in the Sydney Morning Herald an article from someone who is saying basically the Russians are winning. You know in war that lies or truth is the first casualty and that lies just come up and again and again and again and we're being fed this narrative of, oh well, Russia is going to, is going to lose this and Russia may well lose it, who knows. But I think war is one of the most illogical and evil things in this world. And then also illogical so often is our reaction to disease. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about this when we've heard this country's national anthem. That is the national anthem, of course, of Sweden. Absolutely beautiful country with wonderful people. And hello to those of you from Sweden who listen to this, because I know there are a few of you. I, I miss one of the disadvantages of not being in Scotland is I can't just pop over to Sweden. Uh, I love Swedish history. I love the illogicality of Sweden. Uh, a nation that's peace-loving and yet one of the world's biggest arms exporters. But in terms of disease, of course, we're going to talk about COVID. There are two reports that came out this week which vindicated Sweden's approach. Now, remember a couple of years ago, we were constantly hearing in the Western media about how what Sweden was doing was so evil and would lead to so much harm. 50,000 people dead, etc., etc., and the Swedish uh, health guru at the time, Anders Tegnell, uh, said that we should judge them in a year's time. Well, in two years' time, we're now there. And we can basically see that Sweden's approach was more or less the right one. Apart from their approach in terms of uh, their care homes, it seems as though they got the rest of it pretty well correct. A study from the International Journal of Educational Research concludes that Sweden's decision to keep primary schools open during the pandemic prevented students suffering learning loss. 
Now, there are a generation of children in many Western countries who are going to be deprived because of the insane decision to shut down schools. 90% of the world's students, actually, were affected by school closures. And that is particularly disadvantageous for the youngest and for the most disadvantaged. And then there was a second study from the Pew Research Centre Global Attitude Study has found that Sweden is one of the few countries whose society has become more united since the advent of the pandemic. Only Singapore and Malaysia share this optimistic outlook. The Swedes actually had a logical approach to COVID, not a hysterical approach like most of the rest of the world. And as a result, they fared best. Even with their more open policy, they came 20th out of 28 in Europe on COVID deaths. It appears as though the stricter policy which damaged economies, wrecked education and did so much harm in many other ways. Uh, the UK, for example, is now experiencing more excess, excess deaths than it did with COVID. And many attribute that to the impact of lockdown restrictions. Our media is often illogical. Let's listen to a bit of music before we talk about that. news. Now, just a fascinating thing's going on here, here in Australia. Let me explain it this way. The head of Radio National, who is, that's ABC, um, recently tweeted, I don't see why ABC Media Watch thinks the ABC News has failed by not covering the news that a London clinic treating young people with gender dysphoria has closed down. I'd rather hear about what's happening here rather than a clinic on the other side of the world. Yet this lady has no problem whatsoever in posting numerous tweets and having numerous news programs about events in America, the raiding of Trump's home in Florida, for example, or uh, events all over the world. The Tavistock is, is an extremely important story here in Australia as well as elsewhere because it, is, it sends a warning to the rest of the world that this is what's going to happen, that children are being abused through the trans ideology. And yet, that, this is what's happening now with our news. Instead of reporting news, journalists think they're making it, that they are campaigners. Julia Holman had numerous tweets on Scott Morrison. Now, what's going on here? You may have heard, you know, it's as though Scott Morrison was doing Watergate or something. He rather stupidly, I would suggest, appointed himself to various ministries, along with the ministers who were already there. He says, in case there was 
they were ill and so during COVID and there could be a functioning government. Now, whether he was right or wrong in doing that, uh, and for me, yeah, personally, I just think it was silly. It's not exactly major. And yet the Albanese government are trying to turn it into the crime of the century and want a full investigation, ignoring completely the power grab of Dan Andrews in Victoria and the way that Dan Andrews actually used power to uh, attack people and to harm people. So I would say the news is often um, illogical, to be honest. You, you think, what's the logic of, well, why have we had the Scott Morrison story for 11 days in a row here? Uh, you know, what's the logic of some of the news that we get and some of the things that we don't get? How often do we hear about uh, Christians in Nigeria being murdered? How often, you know, do we hear for a while we heard a lot about Ukraine and then very little? Anyway, can you lie for the truth? Listen to this. Even if Joe, like even the, whatever scope of Joe Biden's corruption is, like if you if we could just go down that rabbit hole endlessly and and understand that he's getting kickbacks from Hunter Biden's deals in Ukraine or wherever else, right? Or China. It is infinitesimal compared to the corruption we know Trump is involved in. It's like it's like it's like a firefly to the sun, right? I mean like there's just it doesn't even it doesn't even stack up against Trump University, right? Trump University as a story is worse than anything that could be in in Hunter Biden's laptop in my view, right? Now that's not that doesn't answer the people who say it's still completely unfair to not have looked at the laptop in a timely way and to have shut down the you know the New York Post's Twitter account like that that's a, just a conspiracy that's a left-wing conspiracy to deny the presidency to Donald Trump. Absolutely it was. Absolutely, right? But I think it was warranted, right? And I'm and again, it's a coin toss as to whether or not Sam, I'm sorry. that particular piece I'm, I'm really yeah. sorry. I I was the one that said we should move yeah. on. Now that is Sam Harris. Sam Harris is one of the world's intellectuals. Sam Harris was one of the more militant atheists. Um that's an extraordinary clip because in it he is admitting that it's okay to lie or to suppress things for a good cause. Once you start doing that, you do destroy democracy. Our progressives are not logical. A lot of our conservatives as well are not logical. You know, it is not logical to say you want freedom of the press and then say, but you can suppress the press in, for a good cause. It's not logical to say we should speak the truth, but you can tell a lie in order to protect the truth. And then our reaction to creation is not often logical. Listen to this and guess what I'm going to talk about. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire That's Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. Okay, it's not really about what I'm going to talk about, but it kind of works. Um, volcanoes. 
How we deal with creation is not logical. Think about volcanoes. I was reading a report this week that said in 1815, the Tambora volcano in Indonesia erupted and 100,000 people died. The suit thrown into the stratosphere meant that across the world, temperatures dropped by a degree. Now, uh, there was a, uh, an eruption of a Japanese volcano at the beginning of this year, and apparently it thrust more carbon into the air than all of the cars in the world combined will do so over this year. After the Tambora volcanic eruption, crops failed, the summer failed, and uh, that actually apparently inspired Mary Shelley to go inside and to write Frankenstein because it was so cold in the Alps. Now, scientists believe that there's a one in six chance that an eruption of a similar magnitude could happen again this century and that we are woefully unprepared for it. Michael Cassidy, an associate professor of volcanology at the University of Birmingham and Lara Mani from Cambridge University's Centre for the Study of Existential Lift Risks has uh, have been looking at this and thinking about this. Now, why do I, I say that this shows our illogicality? Because it's illogical for us to think that we can control the climate or raise the temperature on Earth up or down in the same way as we might do by turning a thermostat in our own homes. We do not have that power. And the people who claim that power or claim to be able to do that are either being dishonest or naive or probably the same, maybe the same thing. They just see this as an opportunity to put forward their particular ideology. Speaking of ideology, we're illogical about what it is to be a human. You know what film this is from? Pretty woman walking down the street. Pretty woman, the kind I like to meet. Pretty woman, I don't believe you. You're not the truth. No one could look as good as you. Mercy. That's uh, Roy Orbison, Pretty Woman, used in the film Pretty Woman, starring Julia Roberts and Richard Gere, which managed to spread the lie and the myth that prostitution is or can be glamorous. Now, again, I'm going to put a link to this. I read a fantastic article from Bridget Fetase in which she entitled, I Regret Being a Slut. And... Uh, it's just uh, just an, an extraordinarily powerful article. Here's part of it. I told myself that because I could seduce a man, I was powerful. But as Perry says in her book, that's Louise Perry, whose book we've already mentioned, uh, women can all too easily fail to recognise that being desired is not the same thing as being held in high esteem. Deep down inside, I knew that to be the case. But as a defence mechanism, I crafted a man-eater persona. My mantras were rigid. You can have either a career or a relationship, but you can't have both. Intimacy is creepy. Motherhood and children are a trap. Sex is only about power. Another set of lies, built on lies, built on trauma. 
Sex isn't just about power, it's also about intimacy and vulnerability and trust, things I wanted nothing to do with. Because implicit in modern dating is a complete lack of expectations, especially those of chivalry. It's a brilliant article, it's well worth reading, and it shows the illogicality of a humanity that rejects the instructions of the maker. Yuval Noah Harari, who is a guru for so many, came out with an incredible statement. He is the world, he's one of the World Economic Forum's advisors, and he said in a recent interview that the vast majority of the world's 7.5 billion people are simply no longer needed due to technological advances in artificial intelligence, machine learning, and bioengineering. There's an illogicality of a human being arguing for a world without humans, or at least a world with a lot less humans, and I suspect he doesn't have himself as being one of the ones who will be eradicated. And then, illogicality. Christopher Hitchens, one of the world's great thinkers, and a great speaker, great orator, great writer. Here he is talking about morality. Now, I think occasionally I'm going to try and do this. I'm going to try and... um, put up clips that some of you have sent me from people who are making arguments against Christianity. And here's Hitchens talking about morality. Socrates answered it like this, when he was on trial for his life, accused of blasphemy, by the way. He said that he had an inner daemon, was the way he put it, not demon, a daemon, a spirit, uh, an inner critic, a conscience would be one way of putting it. And that he, he knew enough to know, even when he was making the best speech of his life, that if he was making a point that was somehow dishonest or uh, incomplete or shady, the daemon would tell him, yeah, that was clever, but you shouldn't have tried it. He knew. Okay. Any, any person of average moral equipment has the same knowledge. I, I hope you'll... If you don't, I'm very sorry for you. Um, Adam Smith called it the, the internal witness, who we all have to have a conversation with all the time. Um, it's been C.S. Lewis decided to call it conscience and to attribute it to the, to the divine, but he didn't improve on what Adam Smith said in the theory of moral sentiments or what Socrates said when, on, when standing trial for his, own, for his own life. It's been sometimes colloquially defined as why do people behave well when nobody's looking? I don't believe there's anyone in this hall who doesn't know what I mean by that. Why, when it won't do you any good? Will you decide, I could have kept that wallet I found on the back of the cab seat, but I'm not going to. I'm going to turn it in. I'm going to see if, find, the, find its real possessor. There are people to whom that, those thoughts do not occur, who are deaf to that idea, who only think of themselves, who wouldn't worry about the internal daemon or censor or, uh, or companion. And there are, of course, people who only get pleasure from being um, unpleasant to other people in inflicting cruelty on them. The first group we call the sociopathic, and the second group we call the psychopathic. My only, they occur in nature and in society. My only problem is with those who think that they're all made in the image of God. Now, why do I say that's not logical? Think about it. There's something within, a daemon calls it. He talks about us having average moral equipment. He talks about the internal witness. In effect, it's conscience. C.S. Lewis was right. Why do people behave well when nobody's looking? Well, I would ask also, why do people behave badly? Because many people do. But it's true. There are many of us who have a conscience. 
um, right now because of strikes and so on on the Sydney Rail Network, the gates that you tap your card on to get onto the train, they're all open. So you could get on the train and you could walk off the train and not pay a thing. And yet I still see the vast majority of people tapping on, even though they could get away with not doing so. Why? I think conscience as much as anything. Certainly that's my, that's my uh, thinking about it. It would just be dishonest not to do so. So why do I say that Hitchens thing is illogical? Because where does that conscience come from? If it's only a result of evolution, if it's only a result of societal pressure, then really it's not worth that much and it can be thrown away. The answer is given to us by Paul in the book of Romans, chapter 2, when he talks about people having the law of God written on their hearts. You see, Hitchens doesn't understand that the Bible is not a book of morals. Christians are not saying we wouldn't be moral beings unless we had the Bible. We're saying we are moral beings, and as such, we need the Bible to show us where we've gone wrong and to point us to a saviour who can save us from our immorality, because all of us have that. Hitchens says, my only problem is with those who think they are all made in the image of God. But yes, we are all made in the image of God, in knowledge, righteousness and holiness. But that image has gone wrong. And it's not just in the sociopaths and the psychopaths. But that image has also gone wrong in Hitchens and in you and in me. And then our final illogicality is our religious leaders are not often logical. Well, many of them are not. So here's Steve Chalk saying, just extraordinary. For some, a surprising way of expressing it, but at the same time, a universally accepted foundational truth of classic Trinitarian Christian theology. God is one, Father, Mother, Son and Spirit. He said that over a little poster saying God's pronouns are they, them. Now, what Steve Chalk is doing is what so many religious leaders are doing. He is interpreting the Bible through the lens of our culture, particularly the cultural superiority that he himself has over others. See, it doesn't make any sense. God told us in his word what his pronouns were. Our Father in heaven. He. And all that Steve Chalk is doing is he's going to Almighty God, telling him he's wrong, and telling Jesus that in order to be like himself, like Jesus, Jesus should follow Steve Chalk's teaching. Is it possible to get any more illogical or indeed blasphemous? Go back to Supertramp. The end of the song, they say it's getting unbelievable. Illogical. It's not the logical song. It's not a logical world. It's an illogical world. But the Bible says something different. John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Logos, 
and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. Logos, the logical one. God is logical. And from God comes order out of the chaos. So, uh, I'm going to leave you with this song. Uh, again, it's a Stuart Town in song sung by St. Peter's. Um, you're the word of God the Father from before the world began. Every star and every planet has been f- fashioned by our hand. Our world's illogical world descending into chaos. But the Word who created the world has come into His world, and by His Word, He recreates. If you're a Christian, I hope you get that hope. If you're not a Christian, I hope you come to know the logic of Christianity, the logos of Christianity, the Word of God, Jesus Christ who to know is the truth, who to know is life, who to know is love. Any comments, um, suggestions, very, very welcome. And also criticisms, of course. If you'd like to support us, go to the Podbean fundraiser, again on the website, www.theweefly.com. God bless you. See you next week. With a shout you roll.